Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hi, welcome to Parenting the Adlerian Way. I'm your host, Adlerian family counselor and parenting expert, Allison Schaefer. Each week, I answer your burning parenting questions to help reduce the stress of parenting one tip at a time. We'll explore Adlerian psychology together and learn methods of child guidance for raising a happy, confident, capable, resilient child. Hi, it's Allison. Welcome back to the podcast. We have another Q&A for you today. Thank you for sending in your questions. Question number one, Allison, a best way to have kids wind down after school to prevent them from melting down or misbehaving? Oh, boy. So we're back to school, and I really related to this. Um, I remember when my kids were young and picking them up, and that was a traditionally a, a pretty difficult transition, and often we did get exactly, as you're saying, uh, bad things happening on the school ground. And what I learned, and I'm going to give you a few strategies here, but the one thing I learned is, is that my kids are really exhausted after a day of school. I mean, I had seen them in the summer as little kids up at dawn, running around, in and out of the water, uh, swimming, water skiing, tubing, marshmallows by the fire, crafting, crawling trees, rope swings. You know, they'd be running around all day, but they could make it, you know, and hold steady pace. And then I bring them back to school in September, and you're thinking, all you're doing is sitting in a desk from from 9 till 3.30. Why, why are you so exhausted? But it, we forget how exhausting it is to learn. We forget how exhausting it is to be social like that. And so it's an intense day. So what I realized was that I could get a much improved walk home from the school to our house, which is like literally a five-minute walk, if I arrived at the school with chocolate milk. Now, pick the snack of your choice. But the point is, I realized that part of this was that my kids were exhausted and that their blood sugar was low, and that just seemed like a good holdover that was easy to pack and carry. So I would try that. Um, that's one solution. 
The other thing is that when we meet our kids at the end of the day and they've been away from us, they really need to have a positive connection, reconnection with you. And I think sometimes when we pick up our kids, we're, we're kind of in our taskmaster. Let's get them up. Let's go. Let's get home. Let's get things done. We gotta, let's get dinner started. And we're not in our relational mindset, which is to be present, to be there, to be slow, to be calm, to be ready to receive them, you know, to drop to our knees and get to eye level and say, hi, I'm missed you all day. I'm looking forward to hearing about your 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 day at school. So even if you only hold that really receptive quality about yourself for even just a few minutes, that reconnecting can go a whole lot better. So slow yourself down, get ready to be Buddha present for your kids. The third thing is to try to find some routine that your kids anticipate and enjoy when they get back together with you. So could that be that it's quiet reading time before you do your walk home and you bring a picnic blanket? Or my kids like to play on the school ground equipment, which I couldn't do every day. It wasn't possible every day. So um, they also wanted me to see their classroom. They really wanted me to know their teacher and see their classroom. And this was a daily request, which if I didn't follow through on, they'd get all upset. So rather than bartering and negotiating and then having a meltdown or whatever, instead what we did is we had a family meeting about pickup times, and I said, I'm willing to do it so many times, but not every day. Let's pick the days this week. And the kids could put it on the calendar. So in the morning when I would be sending them off to school, we'd look at the calendar and say, is is today one of the days we go into your classroom? Is today one of the days we go on the play equipment? No, today is one of those come home and, and um, have our reading time. So, uh, but it was the use of family meetings and and mapping it out so that we had a plan and we were just expediting the plan. And that was a whole lot uh, better. Now, I can tell you the last time, this didn't solve all meltdowns, um, but it improved the matter. And the last time I had a meltdown with my kids, I think my eldest was about seven years old. And it was kind of old for her to be being that dramatic of a of a outburst on on a playground like really she was down on the ground and really screaming and not wanting to leave and and I just quietly again keeping my emotional regulation as calm as possible I just I rubbed her back and I squatted down beside her and I just said you know it's it's um I see you're upset sweetie it's time to go home now I'm looking forward to spending time with you at home we need to get there um can you come on your own or do I need to help you out today do I need to, to pick you up and carry you so I just made a simple choice and I picked up her flailing body which she thrashed and whatever for a few minutes and as I continued to carry her, then I just said, like, are you ready to walk now? And I put her down. But I never got affected by her mood. It was just I moved on with what needed to be done. You know, we can go home happily or we can go home upset. doesn't matter. But um, that was what was on the schedule for the day. And I was going to stick to our uh, our agreement. So <laughs> try a few of those and let me know if that makes things um, better for your family. I love. I always love feedback when people email me and say, hey, I listened to your podcast. I tried your idea. Oh, things are so much better. It's very encouraging for me. Question number two. Dear Allison, I hope you're well. I would love your advice on a matter regarding discipline if you have a Q&A anytime soon. Yes, I do right now. I've read lots about discipline and punishment versus consequences, but find myself still unsure on how best to handle these situations. And that's what I love about the podcast. Send in your situations. I will help you with this. So she says, after the birth of our fourth, our three-year-old triplets. Okay, so hold on. Just, you know, let's just stop for a minute there. So she has triplets that are now three years old, and then she has another baby that's a singleton. So I'm guessing that that younger one, it's got to be, you know, one or so. 
So she says, after the birth of our fourth, our three-year-old triplets have been naturally feeling a little bit insecure and acting out at times. Um, this evening when my husband was putting the triplets to bed, one girl went to use the toilet. The other went to turn off the light while her sister was in the bathroom. My husband said, please don't do that. She looked at him as if testing a boundary. He said, I won't read you a story if you turn off that light. Of course, she turned off the light. He then had to follow through, so didn't read a story. Initially, there was an uproar, but then he explained why he couldn't read a story, and they seemed to have accepted it. How would you recommend dealing with toddlers who blatantly disobey a request? Another recent example, please stop jumping on the bed. It's time to go to sleep. Toddler keeps jumping, and I keep asking them to stop. Can't just leave, as one may do if we're in the playground or out and about. So I'm going to take those two examples and deal with them separately. So the first one is the... Um, the being in the bathroom and the 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 way that you're first of all I'm glad that your husband I can see he's 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 trying to make a consequence there he's trying to say there's you know if you do an action if you make a choice something happens but the difference between a consequence and a punishment also refers to the relatability the, the, the reason why we call it a logical consequence is it has to be logically related to the behavior we're, we're trying to kind of tie freedoms and responsibilities together so there's, I don't see a logical connection between keeping a light switch, keeping the bathroom light on and having a story read. You know, it's like if you, if you don't finish breakfast, you don't get iPad time. They're not related. And that's where the kids just go, you just made that up. You're just trying to harsh my buzz. You're just using your parental power to control me or make me feel bad. So it ends up being received by the child as being punitive. And then you tend to get when a child feels punished, they tend to want to retaliate. And then they'll retaliate in different ways by not listening and by turning off light switches. So we want it to be logical um, so that it's more in the learning realm, uh, putting, trying to connect the dots between freedoms and responsibilities. So what would be a consequence for turning the light off? I think a more related consequence would be if you'd like to be in the bathroom with us while we're uh, using the potty and getting ready for bed, then we need to leave the lights on. If you have a hard time being in the bathroom with the lights on, then we'll need to ask you to go and we'll close the door and we'll do our potty time and our, our bed, uh, uh, getting ready for bedtime alone and, and we'll give you your, your own time after that. So you're not being mean. You're simply saying it's a requirement. If you'd like to join this bathroom party, you need to come do it with the lights on. If, if you don't do it with the lights on, then you're saying that you aren't willing to handle the responsibilities of being in here with other people, and um, you'll have to do it on your own next. That's all. So that's what I would do for that one. And again, you might have to escort her out of the bathroom, like, you know, grab her hand and say, I'm sorry, or, you know, uh, you may have to lock the bathroom door, um, but, um, and she may pound on it. But that's okay. You can just say like, oh, it looks like you're really disappointed with your choice. You really wish you, you were with us. You know, you can try again next time we go to bed. You know, and so let her be disappointed and upset this night. But the next time you can always try again tomorrow. There's always an opportunity to make a different choice. And that's really what consequences are about, about learning. When I, when I made this choice and turned off the light, I ended up upset, banging on the door, being excluded. I didn't like it. Tomorrow, I think I'd rather leave the light on and be with people. That's, that's kind of what we're trying to do. So then what do we do with the jumping on the bed? Um, so what's the consequence for jumping on a bed? You'll fall off and get hurt. <laughs> so um, a lot, you know, if, if it, because it's the bed, I don't think it's going to break the springs. Um, I think it keeps you awake. I think it's, um, you know, some kids get, you know, overstimulated. But if you can just get over the fact that most kids that have a fall, and I've spoken to 
doctors and emergency rooms, generally speaking, a, a, a three-year-old, a toddler, can't really fling themselves, you know, from from such a height, from a crib or whatever, that they would do serious. It's not to say that they, they might need a stitch, they might have to get a cast, but what I'm saying is one of the ways that we differentiate whether there is um, a child who arrives at an emergency room with wounds, whether or not that's actually a sign of uh, parental abuse, child abuse, they know that the a body weight, the body weight can't really fling, throw, hit, smack, fall in such a way that that gets that kind of like serious damage. So yeah, a little bit of oopsie, um, but that would differentiate a child who is being, say, beaten or thrown down a set of stairs. I'm sorry to be graphic about this. I should have maybe had a trigger warning, but, um, you know, the difference between that and a kid having an oopsie, you know, I, I fell off the bed and you know, and I landed in a in a bad way, and now you know I I hurt and I'm crying. That would be the the consequence there. So I think they they need to learn that it's um that it comes it comes with risk. And um, so you know, if it was jumping on the couch, I you know I let my kids jump on the couch knowing that they might fall off. But I had a very strict rule because I had a crappy couch because I had kids. <laughs> I didn't want a good couch. I knew they were going to ruin it. But I did say to my kids, if you can't tell the difference between the couch and our living room where it's okay to jump and I move the coffee table out of the way so you're safe and the, and being at your grandma's house where the couch is very nice and has new springs and she's trying to keep it up and um, if you can't tell the difference, then we'll, then we'll have no jumping anywhere because that will make it easier. But if you can learn here is okay and other places it's not, then that's great. So I kind of set that up in advance as the consequence. But I would say if they're jumping on the bed, I might say, you know what, it's tuck-in time and I'm happy to read the story so long as you're lying down and in bed. But if you're jumping, I'm not interested in watching that and I will leave um, and we'll try again tomorrow. And I would just cut off the tuck-in. I would just go. Or, you know, I'm happy to help you get in your pajamas so long as you're getting into your pajamas. But if you start jumping on the bed, it tells me you're not interested in my help and I'll go and we'll just leave that and you can sleep in your clothes or get them on yourself. So I would just move, I would just move along in the process. So there are some examples of consequences and how to handle those two specific situations. I'm sure you've got your hands full with three, three, three-year-olds and somebody younger. Holy cow. So my great respect to you. Um, I hope this is helpful and send in more questions anytime. Happy to help and I'm sure it helps other people. Take care. As you know, it takes a village to make a podcast, so thanks to my team, including Max Cotter, my editor and technician, as well as the crew at H2O Digital. This podcast was recorded in Toronto, Canada. We acknowledge the land we are meeting on is the traditional territory of many nations, including the Mississaugas of the Credit, the Anishinaabek, the Chippewa, the Haudenosaunee, and the Wendat people, and is now home to many diverse First Nations, Inuit and Métis. We also acknowledge that Toronto is covered by Treaty 13 with the Mississaugas of the Credit. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. 
Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.